what you're hearing is an underwater recording of a humpback whale, part of a conversation captured by scientists at the Monterey Bay Aquarium Research Institute. I'm Dominic Fracasso, and this is Fifth in Mission. Scientists listening to whales singing beneath the ocean's surface are gaining new insights into how the giant creatures are adapting to climate change. For example, as they chow down on krill along the California coast, blue whales are communicating with one another about where to find the most abundant food sources. Those food sources are changing, along with the rest of the ocean's ecology, raising important questions about how blue whales and other marine life are responding to the warming planet. Chronicle staff writers Tara Duggan and Yoo-hyun Jung have written about some of the latest developments in the growing field of acoustic ecology, and they join me now to talk about their latest piece. Hello to you both. Hi. Hello. So I think a lot of us know that whales sing to each other, right? Tara, what are scientists learning by listening to those songs? They're learning a lot of interesting things about whale behavior and how whales are adapting to climate change, for example. So this this sound monitoring program that's going on in the California coast is actually pretty new, and a lot of it is centered around Monterey Bay. So we looked at some of the new developments scientists have found in that area. Yeah, so let's let's talk about some of those observations. So talk to me a little bit. Uh, uh, what are, what are some of the latest observations that scientists have made about how whale behavior is changing? So some of the latest observations that uh, these scientists were able to make is in how these blue whales uh, share knowledge about food hotspots uh, in the ocean, and they're actually producing this very low-frequency, loud bellows uh, that let each other know, you know, other whales that are maybe 50 to 100 miles away about where these food hotspots are. So let me see if I have that right. In other words, we know that obviously the ocean ecology is changing. That changes maybe where krill might go to do their thing and feed, and that that in turn is being communicated amongst um, amongst fellow whales. In other words, they're telling each other where to go to find these hotspots, as you said? That's right. So I guess to ask a somewhat simple but important question, I hope, is is all of this good news for blue whales? We know that they've done you know relatively well in recent years, but as far as I understand, they're still endangered. So these observations are sort of, I mean, they're fascinating in a vacuum, but what does this say about their, their overall ecological health and, and their sort of, you know, continued endangered status. Well, I guess I could take that. This is Tara. You know, a lot of times what scientists that study biology are looking for when it comes to climate change is how much animals can are resilient, you know, how much they're adapting to the changing climate. Since we know the climate's changing, they sort of want to see, you know, how can they weather these changes? And there's already evidence that krill well, you know, there'll be limited food for a lot of whale species because of climate change. Some of that even is happening at the poles, you know, with changes going on with where krill comes from and where certain feeding areas are. The blue whales that are off the California coast, they feed in California and they go back to Mexico and Central America to to breed and have babies. So, you know, it, it's good news in the sense of it show this research is showing how these animals are adapting and how they're cooperating with each other. This recent study was done by an institute called Embari, the Monterey Bay Aquarium Institute. 
And before they they realized that these whales were telling each other, look, there's great food over here. They used to think that whales just operated on their own and and, and just would find food and kind of move on. But they thought it was a good sign that whales were working together collaboratively to, to find food, especially as food becomes more scarce. Studying these sounds are also revealing more about how blue whales migrate. Yushan, can you talk a little bit about that? Of course. So by gathering these sounds and having these very sophisticated microphones are uh, allowing scientists to basically more accurately detect when these blue whales are uh, coming over to our side and when they're leaving the area to go to Central America. Uh, So before this technology, it was really hard for scientists to know exactly how many were coming to the coast when. But now they're able to do very accurate detections of not only when they're around, but in, you know, what groups. And by studying this, uh, they're also able to figure out that the blue whales actually have very, very flexible migration patterns. Many other species actually have fixed cues on migration and will migrate during the same time each year. What they're learning is that these blue whales are actually really flexible. So they're communicating to each other about food availability and likely ocean conditions as well. And their migration can actually be flexible for up to, you know, a couple months. And as we listen to some whales conversing with each other, let's take a break. But stay with us. We'll be right back. You're listening to Fifth Admission. You can support the newsroom that creates this podcast by signing up for unlimited access at sfchronicle.com slash pod or by downloading the San Francisco Chronicle app. That's a killer whale recorded in the Monterey Bay. I'm Dominic Fercasa, and I'm talking to Chronicle reporters Tara Duggan and Yushan Jung about how scientists are using sound to study whales. So let me know if I'm thinking about this in the right way. You know, when we talk about flexible migration patterns, and of course, you know, this science is early. We don't want to draw too many conclusions or rush anything. But when we talk about flexible migration patterns, we're talking about, you know, maybe a little glimmer of hope that these, you know, giant majestic creatures of the ocean will be able to adapt to the changing climate, right? I mean, there's the, the underlying causes and, and symptoms of climate change are still very concerning. But is it is it sort of the scientists, at least preliminary conclusion here that, okay, we know that it's not just the position of the sun. It's not necessarily just these sort of external factors that are telling the whales when to migrate. They're actually able to kind of learn and, and, and again, adapt to the conditions around them. Am I, am I thinking about that right? I think that's right. It's certainly a very positive sign, especially th- since these blue whales are in danger as a result of commercial whaling. Uh, The fact that they're adaptable and communicating to each other uh, important information that helps their survival is certainly a sign that they're more flexible and adaptable to the changing environment. So Tara, you shouldn't mentioned, you know, these, uh, uh, these, <laughs> not her words, mm-hmm. but the fancy microphones. Could, could you talk a little bit about the methods uh, that scientists are using, the, the tools that they're using to pick up these sounds and analyze them? Yeah, it's really 
It's really exciting. Uh, the federal government is funding a lot of this research through through NOAA, the agency that does research on the ocean. And so there's all these different kinds of what are called hydrophones, which are underwater you know, microphones. And there's one that's really exciting that's in the Monterey Bay that actually allows you to listen to the live sound happening in the Monterey Bay. They call it a, a sound listening room. And Yuhyun and I would listen to it obsessively while we we're working on this story. We put a link to it in this in the story so you can anybody can listen at any time and hear hear sounds. You know, it takes a while to pick apart them and experts would be able to to identify the species. But the blue whale sounds are really great. They're kind of this low bellow, as as Yuhun was saying. Let's hear a little bit of what blue whales sound like. And just a note, this audio has been sped up so our human ears can hear it. Other types of hydrophones are, I, I joined a research vessel with some federal scientists earlier this summer when they were deploying these hydrophones in the water. So they'll do things like drop one with a buoy and let it record for, you know, maybe even a few hours or a few days, and then they'll come and pick up the hydrophone later. That gives them a way to record what's going on under the water in areas where they don't have these fixed microphones set up. And they'll do other things like drop drop a microphone down with an anchor and then come back and retrieve it later with the signal. So it gives them a chance to study all different kinds of marine mammals that are underwater and even fish as well that make interesting sounds underwater. So Tara, surely these hydrophones are picking up more than just whale songs down there. What else do these recordings tell us about what's going on in the ocean right now? Yeah, that's one of the big reasons the sound recordings uh, study really started because there's a lot of concern about interaction between whales and ships, for example. And, you know, that's a big issue in the San Francisco Bay area. We have all these big shipping lanes coming in and ships coming in and out of the bay and right in the middle of whale habitat. So previously we were talking about Monterey Bay, but there scientists are studying sound in our region as well to kind of see, you know, patterns in, in shipping traffic and how the whales' habitat overlaps with those areas where ships are coming and going. If I may add one more thing. So since commercial whaling, climate change and collision with vessels are considered to be some of the biggest threats to blue whales. And I say blue whales here, but it's actually any whale. Just the other day, we saw a 49-foot humpback whale got hit by a vessel and ended up ashore at Half Moon Bay. Well, thank you both so much for joining us and for your coverage of these critical issues. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Our thanks to Tara and Yuhyun for joining us today. You can read this story and all of their coverage at sfchronicle.com and on the Chronicle app. Our thanks as well to King Kaufman for producing this episode, and thank you for listening. For Fifth and Mission, I'm Dominic Fercasa.